Hey friends, it's Coley. Welcome to Still With You. I am so excited that you've joined me for another episode of the podcast where we share gold, inspiring stories with genuine friends about our faithful God. Last week, I spoke with my husband, Chris, sharing our military love story. If you haven't listened to that episode, you might want to check it out. Episode 84. Today on the show, we're talking about kind of a heavier topic, and I want to start by asking you a few questions. Have you ever felt like you were not doing enough for God? Do you believe you're failing to reach what you believe God expects from you? You may have heard the phrase, relationship over religion. Three words that attempt to share the true nature and love of God. God's not someone who rules with an angry fist nor lays out harsh rules demanding that we work to earn his acceptance and attention. There just aren't enough words in any language able to capture how the Lord pours out his unfailing love upon us. Yet so often we formulate ideas of what we believe God needs from us. Well, the truth is he doesn't need us, but he wants us. And today on the show, I am talking with my friend, Laura Lambert, who walked through a journey where she realized that she was needing a relationship with Jesus rather than religion. Laura is a blogger, podcaster, and speaker based in Nashville, Tennessee. And though she was raised in a home where Jesus was the center and knew that he loved her, she found in her adult life that she was questioning her faith and realized she had been focusing on what was right and wrong rather than resting and communion with God. Everything bloomed when Laura allowed God to weed out religion and hydrate her exhausted heart with real relationship. She even started a podcast where she could talk honestly and encourage others along the journey. And in approaching a conversation about religion versus relationship in your faith, it is important to share that this episode of Still With You does not hold all the answers. The only guide we have is the Word of God. My prayer is that my conversation with Laura will be a starting place for you to consider how you view God. My hope is that you take your thoughts, opinions, history, and hurt to your local church pastor, small group leader, or a trusted friend. You have every reason to feel alive and empowered. Today is your day to begin a lifelong love story with the one who knows you even better than you know yourself. This is where your faith grows. Also the title of Laura's podcast, which I love, and I'm so excited and grateful for her honesty that she shares in this episode. There's so much that we have to talk about. Let's get to it. Please welcome to Still With You, my friend, Laura Lambert. You're coming from us from Nashville. I love that city. I claim Nashville as my home because I've lived here since I was 14, but Mm -hmm. I grew up technically in a very tiny town called Opelika in Alabama. Oh, I've heard of that. Yes. Okay. You've heard of Opelika? Yeah, because it's on my commute between Missouri when I visit my family and Pensacola. Oh, yeah. You do have to drive through there. I do. Yeah. So what's the population there? I have no idea, but we're they neighbor Auburn, which is where the university is. Yeah. Opelika is basically just a suburb of Auburn, I would imagine at this point, because the university's gotten so big, but it is not a big town. And I lived there till I was 14, but then we moved to Nashville. And so that's home. Why was that the best decision for your family to do that? It is actually wild. So my dad was a single dad from the time I was pretty much five until I was 14. And then he met who is now my mom, Jennifer. He met her on eHarmony. I hope they don't mind me saying this, but it's such a great story. (laughs) Too late. It's out there. (laughs) 
It's out there. They met on eHarmony and it was actually funny because he had kind of been Mm -hmm. dating around on eHarmony for a while and he was ready to give up. I remember he was in his office. I was probably like 13. I walked by and I saw her picture on his desktop and I walked in and I was like, you should go on a date with her. And he was like, well, she lives in Nashville. It would not work out with us. So probably not. And I was like, well, you should just try it. And he was like, no. My dad's a public speaker for Life Affirming Ministries, so he's a pro-life public speaker. He helps them raise oh, money. Wow. And he was like, well, if for some reason I get a speaking engagement in Nashville, that'll be God's sign that I need to meet her. The next day, he gets a phone call (laughs) for like a speaking engagement in Nashville. So they met and the rest was history. They got married like a year later and we moved to Nashville. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is the craziest story ever. I love that. Wow. Wild. (laughs) There's many things that I love about what you're doing, but one of the baseline things that I absolutely love is your name. Like what I would do to have a name as catchy as Laura Lambert. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) Oh, I'm serious. It's like God couldn't have put like marketing more better for you. I'll tell my husband that's the only reason I married him was so I could have an alliterative name. (laughs) Names are something that we don't get to choose. But seriously, it's so catchy. I love it. Do you like your name, Laura? I like being named Laura. My middle name I used to hate because my middle Mm. name is... Shirley, which I never used to tell people. I am Laura Shirley. Now I love my middle name because I'm named after my grandmother. And so it's special. Yes, Laura Lambert. I guess now that you say it, it is nice to have two L's. <laughs> I'm big into alliteration. And so when I saw that you even had a Bible study called Leap. Laura Lambert's Leap. <laughs> yes, that was the first thing. And the coolest thing that I love about even our connection, isn't it so cool that the Lord will bring two girls together over like yes. finishing spray? and dry shampoo. Yeah, that's right. Because we did the Monat giveaway. You held a giveaway and I just entered and you sent me my stuff, which I never win anything. And so I thought that was so cool. And then I found out that you had a podcast and I was just sold on Laura Lambert. I thought it was really cool. So that giveaway, it was because I did a podcast interview with a girl who sells for, I don't know if it's Monate or Monat. I feel like I always say it wrong, but she sells for them. I feel like Mm -hmm. they have great products, but they're very expensive. So I was like, you should do a giveaway with me. And that was how that started. (laughs) I felt like such a queen. Thank you so much for that. Did you like them? Was it good stuff? (laughs) It was amazing. I'm actually even wearing it right now. Like it even has a fragrance to it. Like the finishing spray has a fragrance. And normally I see my mom's a hairstylist and I grew up with hairspray that just smelled like hairspray. And this one has like a nice like little (laughs) fragrance. So like, I love it. It's really good. So thank you. That's awesome. I need to tell her that she needs to give me the hookup too. Yeah. You seem to have a really giving spirit by just the work that I've heard that you've done and just even some of just by following you online and listening to your stories like you seem to carry like that spirit of generosity and like giving your time to other people and really pouring into others. Is that something that you feel like God's called you to or like where did that grow within you? That is such a big question and also a very flattering question. (laughs) Are you into the Enneagram at all? Yes, absolutely. Good because we're about to go there. I am an Enneagram 7 and I'm incredibly type A, like I'm very organized and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's so funny that you say that because I see myself as such like, I think this is common of all sevens, but we see ourselves as self-centered a lot of the time because we're just very like eccentric people, I guess. I don't see myself like that. I wish I could, but I don't know. Okay, so in terms of giving and helping others, I think I grew up with a single dad. So there were 
three kids and then my dad and he always I mean, we had to make money to get by but he was always about just serving people and chasing after whatever he felt like his Mm -hmm. calling was from God and what was going to be his ministry. And that was always his top priority. And I think as a kid growing up seeing that, I mean, it really affected me because I can legitimately remember times where it was like, we didn't know if we would have enough money to eat dinner. But then there was my dad driving all over the country to help at the time they were called crisis pregnancy centers to help them raise money so that they could serve women. And I was just like, wow, I mean, that's amazing. My dad had a career as a pro golfer before that. And just another funny story, but he had a short lived career as a pro golfer and he left all that to raise us, raise his family and to chase after his calling, which was to help these women. And so for me, I think that that really instilled in me the idea that like, our goal is to serve other people. And when I started feeling it like laid on my heart to inspire women, I was like, well, this is my work. Like, this is what I will do. And even if I have to do something else to actually put food on the table, this is what I will pour my energy into. That's just kind of been like the start of why I do this. (laughs) I want to phrase this very carefully because I feel like it's something that I struggle with. The Lord like calls us to be selfless and to lay down our life for him. But one of the things I always struggle with sometimes is I fear that when I go to give part of my heart away or like to serve one another is that I get very scared that I'll get trapped into pain or that it'll be too much that I can't handle it. I've looked kind of at what some of the work that you've done where you've worked in social work and just have served people who are at risk. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing and that you continue to do just through all the things that you do. But like, what do you feel like when we have that where we see a need, but we're sometimes so scared to be vulnerable to put ourselves out there? How could I make a difference? You know, when something's so big? Oh, that's such a big question. (laughs) But it's such a good one. I did major in social work in college. And I thought that that's like what I was going to do. I thought I was going to be a school social worker. That was Mm -hmm. my like, original plan. I did it for a semester. And I was just like, this is not for me. Like in one semester of working in school social work as an undergrad student, I was like chased by dogs. You know, I had and the school social workers out there are probably like, that's not what it's like. But my experience was a lot. And even more than that, I think I could have gotten through that part of it. But it was I didn't feel like I got to have a connection with the students, which was my goal. And so that wasn't gonna work. When I was in undergrad, I with a friend started a Bible study in our area. There was a a huge refugee population there and a lot of hurting young girls, uh, middle school age mostly. I remember being like, these girls, they pardon my what I'm about to say because it's not like the most beautiful way to say this but they don't give a crap about the Bible like they didn't then I realized like they just wanted us to show up we would go on Thursdays and we would have like our whole plan you know we'd have our little Bible study plan we were so excited (laughs) we had activities for them to do and sometimes like we would just sit and talk with them like we would just throw the whole thing out the window and I remember feeling really discouraged about that a lot because they would say things to me like yeah I have no interest in going to college I just want to start having children so I can collect my check. That was not my experience growing up. And so to hear them say that it just broke my heart. And I was like, I'm doing nothing like I'm not helping them. It was hard the pain of feeling like you're not making a difference. But then we went one week and we were doing our little Bible study and the other girls were just like being crazy. And we were in college. So we didn't know how to handle them. We just showed up and tried our best. (laughs) But one of the girls that was a refugee, she 
stood up and she was like, you guys need to respect them talking because nobody shows up for me. Nobody comes for me and they come for us every week. And this matters to me. And I just like started crying. It mattered to her. Like, I don't know how much she learned about the Bible. I don't know if she could even tell you the books of the Bible. I don't know if she could recite a single verse for you, but we showed up for her when nobody else did. To me, that inspired my work through now and beyond because it showed me the impact that we want to make on people is sometimes not what happens. Often just showing up for people and just being there will impact more than our list or our plans ever could. I wanted these girls to learn the Bible. I wanted them to learn about, you know, women in the Bible that they could be inspired by. I don't know if that happened. I mean, like maybe it did. To them, it was more important that I just came every Thursday. I was talking with my mom about this the other day because we were talking about kind of along the same line of like, man, we do all these things that we feel like God wants us to do, even if they're small, And then sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough. And then... Yeah. You think about the big picture. And I don't know if you listen to Alex Seeley, but she's in your part of the country up there. Yes. She talks a lot about this and it's something that's really like encouraged me. Thinking about like the bigger picture about how it talks about in the word, how like yeah. one day is like a thousand to God, that we are just like a dust in the wind compared to the big picture. Sometimes I can get really wrapped up in my head in similar experiences where like I'm showing up to this God. I feel like no one's listening. I do not know how you're working through this, but then I think, okay, I am one person and honestly one dust particle of God. And if that's like all it is just for you, then like, that's just going to have to be enough. Hate to to take away like the, oh, you're so special. It's the truth. It's like when we sign up for Jesus, it's like driving to the same parking lot, hugging the same people. And just hoping something sticks. (laughs) Yes. And it's worth it because he shows up for us. And it's maybe not the fluffy answer and the answer that people want to hear. But what you're saying is truthful. Like you have, you just keep doing it because it's what God calls you to. I wanted to like know that I had impacted these girls so that I could check it off my list. Yeah. Like I wanted to be able to say, oh, look at what I did. Look at how I helped them. Mm -hmm. I think that those things are good, but I think it's like kind of a trap that we can fall into, especially as Christian women women because we, if we're being honest, we have our checklist. (laughs) We're like, oh, I'm going to serve in children's ministry and I'm going to do my Bible study and I'm going to do this. And we have our whole thing. And those things are really good. At the same time, like I think it takes a more tremendous faith and just like a greater amount of faith to be able to say like, God, ultimately their salvation and their healing is in your hands, not mine. Right. And I just know that if I show up, I'm giving room for you to come in and do the heart work. Mm -hmm. That's never going to be me. I think it's an important lesson that I have had to learn, which is just if I show up and do what I'm supposed to do, it's to love people and to show up for them continually. And if I do that, then I give room for God to come in and do what he does best, which is actually heal people, not something I can do. Yeah, it's hard work and it's heart work, like you said. Mm -hmm. Like it is definitely not even just for the people that we feel like we're leading, but I feel like every time that I try to go to do something, it is me who always walks away, like not the same ever. Yes. (laughs) I feel the same. One of the things that I love about your podcast and just almost want to say that it's like your life (laughs) message of just using the analogy of seeds and roots. And when did that start to take plant in your life? When did you start seeing that metaphor, watching that evolve? I won't say it's a hard part of my story, but it's not a pretty part of my story. (laughs) 
Um, a couple years ago, I'm trying to think of how many years ago it even was. It might've been three or four years ago. I got really disenfranchised with church. This is me being just so brutally honest. I was just like over it. I was over sitting mm-hmm. in a pew every week and feeling like I wasn't making a difference. I was over just like listening to sermons and them inspiring me, but then me feeling like, okay, like what is this really doing? Also, let me preface this by saying I love church and I'm not bashing church. I'm just sharing with you my experience during that time in my life. Yeah. So I I was just really, really over it, to be quite frank with you. I stopped reading my Bible. I was like disenfranchised because I felt like I wasn't making a difference. And I felt like I was spending a lot of time pouring into myself and like learning a lot about the Bible. But what was I really like doing? That was really troublesome to me. And so then I took a break. So I stopped going to church. I stopped reading my Bible. I stopped doing all of it. (laughs) I felt like a really bad Christian during that time. (laughs) But I was like, okay, I just need to like figure out what, what what is my faith? What even is it? And what matters to me? I started doing things like listening to just like regular music, music that I would have let myself feel guilty about before. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. But like, you know how sometimes you'll be listening to just like pop music and you're like, oh, I should be listening to worship music right now. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that was like my life all over the place. So I was like, you know what, I'm just quitting all the rules. So I was listening to pop music, like doing whatever I wanted. That sounds bad. I wasn't just like, I didn't go off the deep end. I wasn't like doing whatever I wanted, but I think you get what I'm saying. I was just like, I'm not going to just let myself feel guilty. And I realized like something as small as like in a random pop song, I like felt God's love in a way that I never had before. Or I would read like a random fiction book and it would just remind me of what Jesus did for me, Mm -hmm. even if it had nothing to do with the Bible. I would take walks with my family and I'd be like, wow, this is community. Like this is church. Like we would talk about matters of faith as we were just walking, or I would pay attention to people who I probably would have just ignored before. It was like a whole new season of growth in faith for me in a way that I never expected because this was not the fault of the church. It was the fault of me. I let myself get in the box of thinking that God is found at church and in church related thing. And the reality is he's found everywhere, working out, walking with my family, listening to regular music, reading regular book, you know, going to not church related events. I found him in all of those places that I didn't think he liked to exist. Interesting. It just made me realize that he is so much bigger than the walls that I had put up. So because of that, I started thinking about this concept of where does faith grow? And the reality is faith can grow anywhere. And so since I've started the podcast, I've interviewed so many people who tell me about businesses they've created, books they've read, people they've met. And Nine times out of 10, it has nothing to do with quote unquote church, but it is church because they have found faith in making jewelry and applying for college and all manner of things. My view was so limited before, and it's been so eye-opening to me that it just made me realize this is probably going to be eye-opening for other people too. We'll find him in the things that we love that we haven't let ourselves love before because they weren't churchy enough. Emily Lay's latest book, it's all about like moments and she was talking about how sometimes that we overhype these beautiful days when it's really just like the small moments with God that matter so much where because everyone would love to just have a day where this is like the perfect day we went to the beach we did all these things there's something so beautiful about what you're talking about where it's the moments where I didn't expect God to show up at a baseball game or I didn't expect this to happen when I got a flat tire he does because he loves to use the things that 
that right. are unexpected. When you launched your podcast and you were open about how you almost like lost your religion to gain your relationship and your true faith with the Lord, when you shared that with your friends and your family heard that in their ears for the first time, did you receive any pushback? Yes. And I think it's it was fair and expected, but I still will make the statement like I left religion mm-hmm. to find faith. It's kind of like a tough statement to make because I think it can be easily misconstrued into like, oh, I'm just like this hippy dippy, God is everywhere yeah. kind of person. I wanted that to be like an encouragement to women everywhere who feel like they do all the right things because that was me. I did all the right things. I was going to church Sundays and Wednesdays and sometimes Sunday nights. You know, I was serving in worship ministry and children's ministry. I read my Bible every day. I did Bible study after Bible study after Bible study. I had community group. I just would lay my head down to sleep at night and think like, is this it? Is that really all faith is? I think that that's a relatable feeling. Like, I think we have all felt that at one time or another to be like, is this really it? It's a scary thing to say out loud because it's like, well, shouldn't it be enough? Like, shouldn't that be enough for me? For me, I had to come to the realization that like, God is big enough to handle that. If you feel that way, God's big enough to deal with with that with you. He's big enough to meet you in that place. For me, that place was to say like, I'm not going to accept that this is it. There's more to be had. There's deeper faith for me than just my Christian routine. And so that's kind of what I mean when I say like I left religion and found faith. It's that I just abandoned this idea that like my whole faith is just following my Christian routine. My faith is so beyond that. It's a little naive of me to say that that's honestly how I was and how I felt. I'm sure there's many people listening who are like, okay, Laura, obviously, (laughs) but I was just so in my routine of being the good girl and doing all the right things that I felt like that was all there was. My faith is so much deeper. It flourishes in so many more places. And I feel like I'm able to have a better impact on people because of that. When our friends are hearing this, it's not like you walked away. I think it's that you just laid it down. Yeah. Like, this is all I have. (laughs) That's well said. (laughs) He took it and made it something even stronger and even deeper than what you had even thought it could be. Do you find that your parenting and even your relationships with your friends, that it's changed because of this? Yeah, for sure. I think before this, I was much more interested in being right than being love. Wow. Mm -hmm. I found myself having to keep a wall up with my friends who have different religious customs than I do. Like I'm not Catholic, but I have many, many, many Catholic friends. My best friend in the whole world is Catholic. I feel like before this journey, I almost had a wall Mm -hmm. up with those people because I was like, well, you know, they just, you know, we have different ideas about this kind of thing. And that was the pinnacle for me. Religion and the customs and the rules and the tradition, that was what mattered to me. And then I realized, no, our faith and our heart is what matters. Mm -hmm. And when I really break it down to that's it, that is at its core what Christianity is. Jesus came to make it simple and I had made it hard all over again. That stuff is between me and God and them and God. And my job is to love them and to know that we are both co-created as heirs to the kingdom. At the end of the day, I have learned that faith matters more and love matters more. And yeah, that might sound like a hippy dippy answer. But if ultimately we're willing to like you're saying, lay it down and accept that God does the heart work and God does the saving, that weight isn't on our shoulders anymore. What a great example you're setting for many people, including like family, your son. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) 
true. I true. I want to encourage you in that. After you laid everything down, why did you pick up podcasting? Yeah, so that's a fun one because when I was going on this journey, I guess you can call it, my parents, who are actually our neighbors hilariously like I can see their house from the window I'm looking at right now they kind of were on a similar journey and we talk about faith a lot in my family like it's top conversation we also go on walks together frequently because like I said we're neighbors we live in the same neighborhood so we like to take family walks together it's a great way for my parents to see their grandson and I have really young brothers still so we spend a lot of time together and during this season we just talked a lot about matters of faith and how we felt like we could make a big impact on the world because I do genuinely believe that everybody has a unique ability to make an impact on the world and I think that if we don't embrace that about ourselves, people will miss out. You have a unique offering to the world that nobody else can fill. And I believe that about everybody. Our conversations ended up centering around that kind of thing a lot. So we founded something called, which we called at the time, First Faith, which when you received my email originally, I think it actually came from that address, which is an old address now. Yeah. <laughs> we founded something called First Faith. And the idea behind it was that basically that faith comes first and that faith should be simple. That was kind of the idea behind it. And we had had like a blog network. Quickly, we realized that their audience is going to be very different from my audience. We're a completely different generation. My dad works with life affirming ministries. So he has that going and all that kind of stuff. So we said, well, let's just make a split. You do your thing and I'll do my thing and we'll just support each other. So my dad founded um, what he calls now the faith revolution. And he has a podcast too. Oh, cool. And then I founded where faith grows. We kind of work side by side with each other, but it, and I was just doing blogging and it was going great. And I felt like I was saying a lot and doing a lot. And I was starting to work on Instagram and that kind of stuff, which is still just such a learning process. Well, like, you're doing great. I love doing it. And then in about January, I realized like I want to add something else that can really like get this message out there in a different way. But women is kind of my primary audience, obviously. Every one of us has a voice and a legacy and something to create that is unique. Yeah. And like I said before, that if we don't embrace that, people will miss out. And so I wanted to share that in the best way that I could. And the only way that I knew how to do it was to allow other women the chance to share their stories of faith and to allow other women to share their moments of impacting or of being impacted. Because I think when we hear other people just like us share, we're then inspired to say, well, wait, what's that thing for me? What can I do? And in the same way, like, how can I make an impact? That's how I got the idea for a podcast is I was like, I think the best way to share those stories is by hearing them. That was kind of the beginning of that. I told you, giving heart. You have such a giving heart. I love it. That is seriously such a true gift. And yes. like I believe like God honors the those who that are willing to share and to go forth with open arm. You have some amazing guests too. Like I remember her first name because it was so interesting, but Ebi, oh my goodness. Doesn't her story just make you want to cry? I did. I did. I just hope that all of our friends go subscribe and not only just oh, listen so nice. to all of your friends, but to you as well. Yeah. Like you are doing such a good job. I feel like I've gotten the opportunity to mm -hmm. meet so many amazing people. It's already beyond like what I could have imagined. But for me, it was just like, I think we read about women of the Bible and people of the Bible in general. And it's so easy to put them on a pedestal and to think they were a Bible character. Like I can't be like them or I can't have the impact that they had. But then when we just hear women saying like, yeah, I'm just a normal person. And this is what I did. It kind of makes us realize like, wait, I that door is open to me. Like that door is open to Come me on. too. And that's just my honest hope with this podcast is that people will 
listen and realize the door is just as much open for them as it is for EB, as it was for any of my other guests. I just want them to embrace that legacy of hope that they have within them. They can make a difference. Say it a little louder, Laura Lambert. Come on. <laughs> I know. So true. Well, what do you have that's exciting this upcoming year? I have an Etsy shop that is created to support the podcast and the blog. And I decided on a whim that instead of doing what's called drop shipping, which is where somebody else creates the product and ships it out, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make them in-house. So I have learned how uh-huh. to screen print, which is crazy. <laughs> Are you going to do t-shirts and apparel? All the things, sweatshirts, shirts, tote bags, baby clothes, and it's been very fun to learn. So that's new. And if people want a way to support the podcast, that's the perfect way. Give it to a friend or something. (laughs) In terms of core to my mission, I am working on an online course, which I'm excited about, which won't come out for a very long time because I've just started it. I created Leap, which you know about because you have a copy. I do. I love it. Yes. And I'm going to put all everything that we're talking about defer to the show notes, friends, because that's where you'll find all of it. Leap is a short Bible study, but it's the it, the intention of Leap is to exactly what it sounds like. It's to prepare and encourage women to take a leap of faith in their life. So the reason I created that was because I think all of us have something inside of us, some sort of passion that we're just like not sure where to go with it. For me, it was the podcast. Mm -hmm. A, A good example is my sister who she loves to bake, but she didn't know how it related to her faith at all. So I just think a lot of us have something like that, that it's it's a passion inside of us, or it's a dream inside of us, or it's a goal. And we don't know where to go next with it. And or we don't know if it's from God at all. I think that's maybe more common is we have something and we're like, is this me or is this God? So leap is a Bible study that kind of walks through that process of like, okay, so what do you want to do with where do you want to go? And how can you have the faith that God will partner with you in that journey? And it is free, free 99. Anyone can go get it. (laughs) I have a link in my bio where you can just go put in your email and I will email to you. I wanted everyone to have access to that. And then I had a lot of people say, how did you create this? Like, how do you make this? That's my next goal is to create like some sort of course that teaches people how they can make something like that. Because I think there's a ton of nonprofits out there. There's a ton of women's ministries and Bible study group leaders who are like, yeah, I actually have an idea for a Bible study, but I don't know how to like take it from an idea to Here's my Bible study. So I want to help people do that. The study is absolutely beautiful and very easy to read and navigate. (laughs) I could see someone wanting to jump right in and also like learn how they can tailor it to what they're doing. I actually have thought about creating a Facebook group for anyone going through the study. Mm -hmm. So that one, I actually should have brought that up. That might be a closer project for me because I think it's like a little more easily accessible for me to handle right now. I have thought about having a Facebook group. If you're listening to this and you're like, I want to be in the group let me know. It helps to go through things like that in community and to like be able to know that there's other women out there holding your hand while you're trying to leap. <laughs> yep. Send all your DMs to it's Laura Lambert. And sh- I feel like we just moved straight <laughs> yeah. into like creative team meeting instead of podcasting. Which I love this kind of stuff. I love talking about what's next. And honestly, most of the time I don't know what's next. I just like go with the flow. And then if my heart gets inspired, I'm like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> you feel like you're truly living that out where you're like leap after 
after leap don't know what's next. Oh, yes. When I started this podcast, I was working as basically like a bookkeeper at a music studio near here. I don't work there anymore. I'm at home and I had no intentions of taking that leap. This could be a whole nother podcast episode, but there's great power in just saying yes to God and knowing that like just do the next right thing. And that's kind of what it has been since I started this. Mm. (laughs) Well, you're the girl for the job then like he wouldn't give someone else the opportunity to speak on that direct subject without having you walk through it. Thank you for trusting in him and doing it even when it's hard. Yes. I'm really proud of you. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. I don't know if you've heard or have noticed like Lecrae's latest book, I Am Restored. Oh, yeah. You know, he explained some of the same things of where this is his words, like he lost his religion to gain his faith. And I'm wondering, like, as friends are listening to this, because his book just released and you said that your your podcast just launched in April of this past year. Mm -hmm. I can't help but think that when God sends out his word for people to deliver messages like that with, for instance, you alongside Lecrae, there has to be a reason to walk through something like that and come out on the other side. I totally agree. I'm grateful for your bravery and and being open about it. I don't think that there are many experiences we have that are not shared and other people have them too. And so in actually sharing them like verbally, I just think it only lifts other people up and any fear of like how people will respond is always going to be less than the people who say me too. That's just what matters to me. I was just thinking I had another friend, his name's Arthur, and he actually just on the show last season, he was very open about that too. And so, yeah, I'm just grateful for you and Mm -hmm. anyone else who's saying that. Walking it as well. Walking it too. (laughs) Do you have anything else that you'd like to share before like I ask you the final question? This is so much fun. I know. We could have like a three episode series, which by the way, you're going to be on my show. Yes. Ah. Friends, where this is ending, you can pick up Where Faith Grows. And I will include that conversation in the show notes for our friends to find as well. Part two. I'll do the same so that people can kind of see them both together. My best advice to people who feel like how I felt is don't fall into the trap of thinking that just because you're broken, you don't have anything to say. Or just because you feel broken, you're not ready to have a voice. I think that God can use us no matter where we are. And God loves to use us no matter where we are. I mean, if we look all through the Bible, that is so the case. Rahab, the Samaritan woman, they all got to have a voice and they all got to have a legacy and they all got to have an impact. They didn't need a degree. They got to be on the front lines. And I think as long as you're willing to show Mm -hmm. up and be on the front lines, you get to be. So don't think that you're not ready or that you're not there. No brokenness is too big for him to be able to use you. And that would be like my best parting words for people. (laughs) Well, this will not be parting words because we're going to have to have you back. The podcast is still with you. And this comes from Psalms 139, 18 that just says like, and when I awake, I'm still with you. The question I always ask all my friends is where is God still with you? I knew you were going to ask this. I let myself think about it for too long. And now I have to sit here and think about it again. This is probably a common answer. So you get, but I think that God is still with me in my failures. Well, failures is not the right word. In my imperfection. I haven't talked about being a parent like at all yet in this episode, but being a parent is a roller coaster. I have a 16-month-old. He has been a constant adventure from the very start when he had a surprise two-week stay in the NICU. Oh, wow. Just a whole slew of roller coasters, but he brings us so much joy. I think like I'm constantly humbled by being a parent and by trying to figure out 
just like his needs mm-hmm. <laughs> from time to time. It is a constant reminder to me that God holds our hand and loves us, not in spite of our shortcomings and failures, but because of yeah. them. We went on a walk, my son and I, because he's learning to walk and figuring the whole thing out. And I was just constantly frustrated by how slow he was going. And I wanted so badly just to pick him up so that we could move at a reasonable pace. But then I realized, you know, this is the same with God. To him, we probably move so slow, but he would much rather us be on that journey than just like pick us up and throw us at the finish line. I think that God has been still with me in knowing that I am imperfect, but he doesn't love me in spite of that. He loves me because of that. That's been a beautiful reminder. And that is not a common answer. Uniquely yours. Oh, really? Yes, absolutely. Woo-hoo. I love that. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to have to have you back. Thank you so much for coming from us from yes. Nashville. I love Nashville. And you've got me just like super hyped. You need to come visit. Oh, yeah. Like Frothy Monkey, Abel, all my favorite places. <laughs> oh, Frothy Monkey. Don't even get me started. They're so good. It's a coffee shop for those of you who don't know, but it is Chef's Kiss. Such a good coffee shop. Yes. And (laughs) Firefly Candles. Those are absolutely my favorite. Too many good things. Love them. When can I come over? Come on. (laughs) We have a guest bedroom. You have to deal with a toddler, but that's fine. tough topic, but Laura makes it so fun and relatable to understand. It's easy to get wrapped up in right and wrongs and rules and all the things that are not the true heart of the Father when all He wants us to know is that He loves us and He wants to be in true relationship with us. So I cannot convey enough how important it is that we are conversing with other believers and we're taking our thoughts and opinions and our history and the places that we feel pain and we're saying, hey, I'm feeling this. Can you help I highly recommend joining a small group, getting in the Word to see what God says about His love and His desire to speak to us directly and ultimately show us how to live in relationship with Him. The Bible paired with the Holy Spirit is the ultimate teacher, and I am loving that we are able to have conversations about this on the podcast. Speaking of podcasts, if you have not checked out Where Faith Grows, hosted by Laura Lambert, make sure you go and subscribe. Actually, where this conversation ends. It picks up on episode 16 where Laura and I continue chatting. I'm so excited to have been able to continue speaking with her on Where Faith Grows. The link for that conversation will be in the show notes of this episode. You can find the show notes on my website, coleybrowning.com or if you just want to keep chatting with me as well, you can always find me on my website or on social media. My handle is coleybrowning. It's so fun connecting with new friends. I would absolutely love to chat with you if you have any questions. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Every episode is solely supported by friends. I am just so grateful for you being here. The music that you are listening to in the background is from my good friend, Gabrielle Grace. If you would like to connect with her, you can find her on social media at Gabrielle Grace, or you can visit her website, gabriellegracemusic.net. There is big news. She is dropping a new EP and starting this week you can actually pre-save the EP on Spotify. Pre-saving an album of any kind on Spotify 
helps more than you know, like a lot. You guys know how much I love my friends who make music. They inspire me. And Gabrielle has been so generous to share her song, We'll Be Alright, as the theme music for this season. It is my hope that you would go and pre-save the new EP. Not only are you going to love every single song that she's going to release very soon, but also this is a way that we can say thank you for allowing her to extend her art into this space with us. Also, the link for that will be in my show notes. I feel like I have given you as much information as I possibly can to connect. I hope you go do so. Be bold, friends. Be brave. Be you. And remember that he is still with you.